Let's go. Bingetown, how are we feeling tonight? It's your boy Dave here with Kyle and Alki. We are back again here to bring you more anime content, specifically with Attack on Titan, episode 82, Sunset. For those listening to this for the podcast for the first time, Alki and myself, say hello, Alki. What's up? Have finished the manga. While Kyle is our rookie watcher, he has not read any of the manga. Say hello, Kyle. Hey, hey, hey. There we go. Yeah, I got it that time. No need to worry, though. We will not be spoiling anything from the manga. With that being said, let's just get right into it. This episode was a let's get the audience and their feels kind of episode. It was mostly focusing on the immediate effects of the rumbling, um, like how certain characters are affected, like Annie, how groups of people like the Browse family and uh, the Marley Eldians are affected. Um, Kyle, being our rookie watcher, what were your thoughts on the episode? Um, I honestly, I, I hadn't really put that together, like the description you just gave, but I think it kind of nails it perfectly. Um it's fairly obvious. I guess that's what's happening, but I never really made that like overall theme connection. But the thing that sticks out to me the most probably is just Connie at the end with Falco. And I like how Falco is kind of in this mindset that he it's like almost there that he's being kidnapped. He doesn't really fully trust Connie. So we're kind of at this point in interesting groupings of, we kind of have what Mikasa and Jean, we have Armin and uh, Gabby, which will be interesting going forward. And then Connie and Falco, which is interesting. And fucking this guy flock just won't go away. Piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, Annie, I guess too. I, it was, I guess it's nice that she's now a character, seems like we're almost trading Reiner for Annie. We'll see what happens with Reiner going forward. But uh, as you were interesting that Annie has a perspective as you were listing those characters, I'm like, it's all one paradise person paired with some Marley and Eldian, you yeah, know, that's a really good so, point. So we'll see how those interactions play out going forward. Alki, what were your thoughts on the episode? I, um, I enjoyed learning about Annie's backstory, mm-hmm. the reasoning for her becoming a Marley warrior. I like that. I like seeing her come back and right off the bat, um, just go straight to her conniving, sneaky ways, even though she's weak as shit uh, physically. You know, uh, it was good. I enjoyed the episode. Oh, my God. I fucking forgot that Levi's back. Hey, well, True. yeah, I, I knew that episode was going that way as I was watching. I was like, oh, shit. Because they name drop Hanji and Levi in yeah. one of the conversations. And I was like, oh, we haven't heard. And I think I mentioned last pod how um, we haven't talked about them in the show one bit. And of course, yeah. as soon as they name drop them, they appear at the end of the episode. And I like the way they've been ending the episodes. Well, with, with like, although they're cliffhangers, it keeps you really roped in. Absolutely. Yeah. The past couple have been a little slow. So I think this is like, it's a nice point to reintroduce levi and, and hanji because we've kind of been slowing down a little bit that's yeah. what i was just about to say kyle is that even though we've been slowing down not that these episodes are bad i think we're beyond the point of having bad episodes i really think all the ones going forward are just going to be overall solid like this was a good episode still but just not as hard hitting as the earlier ones we got yeah. this season these are um, episodes where the week-to-week format is unfair to them yeah <laughs> kind of like when you get like a you know, like an okay One Piece chapter after like a break, which doesn't really doesn't happen because Oda usually comes back from breaks, you know, hitting the ground running. But like we've waited all week for this and then it comes and it's like, okay. And it's just like more disappointing because of the wait. 
Yeah. Yep. Although the last two episodes were slower than the beginning of the season, I overall enjoyed it more because it was a lot less Gabby. And <laughs> that will factor into my overall rating of the episode. Interesting. <laughs> so everyone will have to stand by for those ratings at the end of the episode. Um, let's get into the actual episode content. We open with Hitch and a bunch of people from Paradise. Essentially, the two sides of people within the palace that are arguing are either taking Aaron's side, saying that, you know, what he's saying is true. Everyone on the outside world is either going to kill us if we don't do anything right now. And then there's another group of people saying that he's along the lines of just like ruthless. He's killed a lot of their loved ones, awakening these uh, Titans. So the two sides kind of split off. But in the end, you can just hear the Shinzo Sasagero. <laughs> so and the people that were against Aaron kind of are seeing the logic that the others are saying, like they, the, your loved ones were just sacrifices. Like it's unfortunate that that happened, but it's just for the long term going to be better for all of us. Um, Hitch leaves the room and sees footprints coming from the cellar to which Annie kind of gets to jump on her and uses her to escape uh, her shackles of prison and kind of leave the walls to get to her father, which we'll get into in a little bit. Here we get a little bit of the um, Annie backstory. So Hitch finds out that Annie was conscious the whole time, like it was a dream. They're on the run looking at all the destruction. We get into the backstory with Annie admitting that killing Eldians didn't matter to her because that's how she was trained. She was taught to be a warrior. She admits that she did all of it, not to save the world, but to reunite with her father. Uh, Annie was abandoned by her real family right after her birth and was picked up at the internment camp by this random stranger. Uh, the man's goal was to have her be trained as a warrior in order to give himself a better life. So he ruthlessly trained her for years and years until one day she was finally strong enough to take on her old man and beat him until he couldn't walk straight. But he was so overwhelmed with joy because he finally <laughs> got what he wanted in a warrior. So I know I got a so lot there. But Psycho. Yeah, it's yeah, just that's the, so wrong. But that's just what the things that you have to do in those situations. I mean, it was definitely wrong, but you know, he's looking out for himself. This is you kind of have to in those situations. It's a matter of survival, and that's just all he wanted to do. And obviously, he does regret his decisions, which we'll get into later, but in this moment it was just fuck this guy for sure i just like how there is a honorary marleyan a warrior candidate who was like i don't give a f there's nothing deep and philosophical about her she's just like i'm a fucking weapon mm -hmm. that's it like i just it's kind of refreshing that it's not like reiner with his existential crisis all the time going back and forth of whether what he's doing is right or wrong and he's like i'm a fucking badass they taught me to kill i just kill people yep yeah i like um annie's whole persona i've always liked her um i'm gonna draw a few pair a couple parallels first parallel she is also a bastard child mm -hmm. from a real a real marlin and an eldian devil like reiner except she you know doesn't know her real family at all second she was used to become a marlin warrior like zeke's dad grisha tried to get zeke to do except zeke you know betrayed his family but not really for a bad purpose for a bad reason she she is kind of like a successful version of what um, Grisha tried to accomplish with Zeke 
except without all this in-depth feeling and emotion going into it like Kyle uh, Kyle said. Yeah, she even goes as far to say that, you know, she has never valued her own life. And if she's not even going to value her own life, how is she going to value the lives of others? But she comes to this realization that that's not true when, as she's about to leave for Paradise Island, her father comes crawling back to her on his knees saying that he was wrong and is just begging her to just come back. And Annie happily admits that she would kill everyone in the world again just to be with her father, which very touching moment. I mean, I, I agree with you, Alfie. I really like I've, I've always been interested in Annie. She's just always been a very strong character. And I always like that. But to see this kind of to her settle for this level of emotion is just so crazy to see. And do you mm-hmm. feel bad for what she's done in the past now, Kyle? Like. I vividly, I still, when I think of Annie, I literally think of her just wiping out Levi's squad and I'm just like, fuck this bitch, you know, like I, it's so hard, but yeah. she is a great character overall. Yeah. I feel like I, in general, like I have like a begrudging level of respect for her. It's different than the begrudging level of, pers- of respect that has been growing mm-hmm. for Gabby, but I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't really fuck with her dad still. I, I just feel like it's nah. Kinda, I'm like, fuck her dad. Her yeah, dad's it's kind of classic, shit. like, behavior of him, like, fucking. It's his fault. Being, yeah, being a dick to her, dick to her, dick to her. And then, like, eventually comes to the realization. And now, oh, like, come back. Like, yeah. Get out of here. She seems a little bit, I don't want to say brainwashed, because there's people that are legitimately brainwashed, but I don't know if she was necessarily brainwashed by her father, but. Like, conditioned. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the conclusion of her story and what that like if she comes to any realizations about the way her dad treated her or if it ends up just being they have a reunion. Well, we can talk about a little bit here, too, because the next scene we get is Annie's father and a bunch of Eldians that are in the internment camp on Marley trying to warn the Marleyans of Aaron's attack and the rumbling starting, but they don't believe him. Uh, he's kind of having this moment. He's like, I got to see my girl. And he jumps and we do hear a gunshot. I, I, yeah, I don't know if you guys remember that. that. So Kyle, any thoughts on if you think he's going to be alive? Like, will Annie return to him being dead? Will do you think he survived the shot? Maybe. Um, I know it's hard to I say. Guess, There's really no yeah, information. I would say it's less interesting if he gets killed like that. Yeah. Like an off screen death like yeah, that. I think it's more interesting if we get her seeing him again and kind of confronting whatever feelings that generate for her versus because she's kind of in this like she's kind of shown to us as this heartless killer and her dad seems to be the only kind of outlet of emotion she has i guess well no because she does she reciprocate uh bertolt's feelings or no He's I don't think so. Her. I think it's just I don't yeah, really think she likes anybody. Her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I think it'd be more interesting if he's actually alive versus mm-hmm. her finding out about his death. I completely agree, and I don't really remember if what the answer to that is too. <laughs> I would. I'm gonna guess that I I'm agreeing with you that it would just make more sense if she was able to confront her demons from the past if yeah. he stays alive. So I, I'm assuming he'll just take a bullet wound, like have a bullet wound or something. But um. Yeah. The next scene we get is Shaddis kind of just rallying his troops to continue fighting. He's accepting what they did to him. He knows that it was out of survival. That's just going to be a lot of the theme going forward. Um, Here we get Armin packing up his things to meet up with Connie. He's just kind of sick of all the the fighting at this point in time. And for me, I guess what his process was here is that saving Falco will help maintain some sort of peace after all this is done. 
and Mikasa's kind of asking what she should do, and Armin kind of just snaps. Snaps. He's saying he's thinking about everyone. He's thinking about Annie, how he knows she's free now. What's Historia doing? The Queen, Niccolo, Hanji, and Levi are still missing. So he just freaks out, and Mikasa has never really seen this side of Armin before, and it upsets Armin. But Armin still doesn't think that he was the right choice to be saved. He's still referencing yeah. the Irwin debacle and. Uh, I mean, it's it's he's not wrong. I would say. Yeah. He's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be the one to say it, but I don't think he's wrong at this point in time. We'll see. Erwin's my guy forever and a day. So yeah, Kyle's always been a big fan of him. But this was a really emotional scene too because we had already seen Aaron snap on Mikasa, and now here we have Armin snapping on her. So it's and she's totally like a lost puppy, especially now that Aaron's doing his own thing without her. She is more lost than ever, and she's trying to decide whether she wants to go meet up with Aaron or just follow Armin now. So, yeah. And she's not really built for this situation. Cause like you said, in the beginning, this is kind of a whole aftermath thing. And now Armin's gone. Aaron's gone. There's really no one to fight. They already killed, I guess all of the Titans in the city. So it's kind of like the labor that's upcoming is, I guess rebuilding shit or mostly emotional labor. And I feel like it kind of pops up too when she, her next scene for her, when she goes to, to gene and it's like kind of like what happened and that's about it like she doesn't really help contribute to the situation she's just kind of there i'm very interested in mikasa going forward for sure now that she's in this limbo of not knowing what to do yeah no doubt i um personally in this scene i grew annoyed with our uh arm i thought it was being annoying and a baby and you know like in a lot of shonen you have the main character who says a lot of how he was speaking, like, we got to do the right thing, save these people. Tondro. Like, yeah, like like stuff like that. <laughs> but legend. it's like, come on, man. For once, aren't you just for once just so angry at everything going around? Everybody else is angry. Are you not capable of feeling this type of anger? And he's brought up Gabby. And I, I, um, I, Obviously, everybody who listens knows I do not like that, but it's I got annoyed with him saying I understand why he was saying we need to uh, gain Gabby's trust by saving Falco because that's a key to Reiner. Right. I get that. But it's like, come on, dude, your friends who you trained with for years ended up killing you and all your all your friends, their your families. They broke down the walls and this chick out of nowhere murders one of your best friends who endured all these struggles with you and now you want to you want to gain her trust like there's no there's no feelings of resentment there's nothing holding you back from doing that you're just ready to do that stuff on on so so easy that where it's the first thing you want to accomplish after hearing all these news it just like like come on dude it's you also I mean? and that's why i think aaron is the better candidate yeah. And Erwin, excuse me, Erwin is the better mm-hmm. man for the job, not Armin, because Armin is clearly very, very, very emotional. And while a leader needs to have emotion when he makes decisions, it shouldn't um, shouldn't determine his decisions all the way. Aren't you asking him to be more emotional, though? Um, that's a good point. Yeah. They're two different I types don't... of emotional. Like his emotional is more sympathetic, yeah. where Alki's emotional is like you need to be a little more tough dude yeah like yeah i would agree with that like you should you should 
capture Gabby and Falco and then use it like that to get to like Reiner or whatever? Why do you have to become friends with them? And it's you like you I'm said, saying? too, like that is just the more complicated option. Like not only is he trying to do what's best, it's also the more way more complicated option. It's just like if you did have that resentment that you were looking for, just side with Aaron and this thing can just honestly get done as quickly as possible. The suffering yeah, will just end quickly. He's trying so hard to like maintain some level of, of morality and like moral high ground for his mm-hmm. side. But it's kind of like you got to look around and. I mean, it's pretty much over at this point, bro. Yeah. There's really no, there's almost no saving it. It kind of, I mean, I, I appreciated Gene's perspective last episode of just, I mean, like, what more can we do? Like, Aaron's doing all this for us. Like, he has a point, and that we would all die, or it's everyone else. So, like, why not us? I fuck with it. Mm-hmm. All righty, to go on to the next scene, uh, we're. Pretty much, all, we're almost wrapping up here. Uh, the next scene is at the palace. Flock just being a crazy motherfucker. Uh, at the end of the day, what he's telling everyone is Aaron. He's just trying to recruit everyone that isn't Eldian at this point in time to just help them for their cause with Aaron. He's sacrificing others if they don't join, essentially. Um, and he's just being crazy. I fucking hate this guy. He's saying that Aaron wants him to do it. Like he's the voice of Aaron. It's like, dude, you're a nobody to Aaron. Like I'm sure of all the people in paradise, if you like somehow got crushed by one of the Titans, Aaron wouldn't bat an eye. Yeah. This guy's a beta. This guy's a beta. (laughs) Yeah. It seems fairly obvious that whatever Aaron had told him and whatever worked him into the plan was purely to use him. Mm Mm-hmm. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. If he knows that all these people are being used, why does he think he's special? Yeah, he is too. He's like too much on the end of like the other end of Armin's spectrum. He -hmm. he reminds me of like a way less cool. And that's saying something. Dwight Dwight Schrute. He's like (laughs) the assistant to the regional manager. Like he thinks he has authority just because he's like tight with Aaron. But he's a fucking bitch. I really hope this guy just gets what's coming to him. Just like anything. I hate this guy. <laughs> Are you going to yeah. like touch on his conversation with Gene or can I go into that? You can go into it. I was going to kind of just, I wasn't going to say much about it. Well, I just, I just, uh, you mentioned Gene and his thoughts last episode and it kind of carried over into this episode. Cause flock was saying like, dude, this is done. You know, it's over. The fighting's done. And Gene's like, Holy shit. You know, he kind of started to, maybe feel that a little bit and i don't blame him for feeling that way you know what i mean they've been on this island to him the world is the the world within the walls which is obviously all different now it's changing but you know what is he he's not evil to i don't think in his world he's evil to feel like a relief for these actions taking place you know Mm -hmm. But going off that, a part that really cracked me up in the episode actually was like, Flock was like, come on, go back to being the the stupid, whatever, like <laughs> typical Gene. And he's like in the midst of his just complete disarray. He's like, what did you just say to me? <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did go back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, like, that, I thought that was so funny. And I don't know, maybe they'll use that as a transition for him to like flip back to reality. But I just thought that was classic Gene. He'd stuck to his true character points. You know what I mean? I just, I like that. Yeah. He even goes as far to be like, we want the military police gene. You know, that's what he wanted when he was uh, first entering the scouts, but it's a lot, a lot going on. And then finally, uh, there's two final scenes here. The 
the very uh, depressing scene with Connie and Falco riding to Connie's village of Rygeka or whatever it's pronounced. And just Connie. Rygeki. Yeah, Rygeki. I don't know. I'm just thinking of the <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh card. <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, but yeah, Connie's just kind of feeding him lies a little bit. Just like, you know, we're going somewhere and we're going to, you know, help out. We're going back to my village. We're going to help out there. And Falco's like Kyle mentioned at the beginning, I think Falco is somewhat aware and he's saying these very touchy things that are kind of hitting home with Connie to kind of make him second guess his decision here. I'm not sure if Falco actually knows or not, but he he is saying the right things in this moment that'll save his life to me. And it'd be crazy if Connie's mom ends up eating him still. Uh, dude, it's just going on. I've said this last episode too. It just feels like it's not going to end up with being Connie's mom is the jaw Titan. Cause like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> but like, I'm just very interested in this kind of like this, um, like the decision that Connie's going to have to make, like, does Connie actually have it in him to feed Falco to his mother? And I don't think he does. I mean, these characters have gone through so much and they've changed so much and they have had all this emotional weight on them that they've honestly kind of had to push off because there's always been a bigger thing, a bigger thing, a bigger thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and bouncing off of flock telling Gene, like, Hey, it's over. Like, I just can't see it end in this way. I, I don't think Connie is going to end up feeding Falco to it. Especially mom. when we say Connie's mom is going to become the jaw Titan. Like we don't even have a real name. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. So <coughs> I really, I'm with you, Kyle. I don't think there's any chance of that. Um, Alki, you want to say something? Oh, um, I just wanted to just talk about that. Uh, finish your thought. But all I was going to say was, I think Falco being, like in he doesn't really remember i if i remember correctly when aaron first turned into a titan he had a period of he had like a short term amnesia from the events that took place before he turned so i yeah. think it's just like a sleep paralysis thing kind of i think falco is truly a good hearted person and that's what is turning connie and yeah. he's de- i still am firm in my belief that there's no way that Connie's mom's going to get eaten uh eat the jaw titan especially with the last scene where you find out Levi is back mm-hmm. so that could open i think i would you th- be thinking <laughs> to myself if i were you Kyle like is Levi going to turn into the jaw titan like, that would be crazy have- no, he's in some I, bad shape i actually this wouldn't like really that. bad shape I feel like Levi is way too like Levi would rather die than be a Titan. Yeah, I agree with you, but Mm -hmm. we'll get in. Let's get into, let's just get into that final Mm -hmm. scene. The last scene we have is Hanji uh, meeting up with the cart Titan and Magath. um, And she's basically saying, Hey, I got the straggler back here. He needs, he needs some medical attention. And we see Levi cloaked in a bunch of bandages he gets the zoro wano treatment here he is <laughs> he is not looking too good to be honest and i hate seeing my boy like that it's just nice i guess to see him again though yeah at the end of the day I definitely like yeah when, like those zeke and aaron centric episodes we obviously didn't mention him because he's not in them wasn't really thinking a ton about him but like i had said earlier as the episodes have slowed down a little bit it's kind of been like okay where's levi where's levi and now he's popping up perfect timing how many episodes do we have left four i was gonna ask the same question I think five I think there's gonna be what 12 total 12 total it started at what 76 and there's been seven so yeah like five they, four or five basically 
they count the episodes like three different ways, so I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like by season yeah. or by episode, yeah. Because it's like what episode of season four, part two is it? But like what episode of season four is it? And what episode overall? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I would like to see a healthy Levi, but I don't think we're gonna get him to eat a titan to then get healthy lead. i like that theory though alki it's it's in the realm of possibility because it looks People, like levi is already going to be missing an eye to me like a, like with the fact that the bandages were strapped over his right eye leads me to believe that he's already at least at the bare minimum has lost an eye it could possibly be worse well yeah. that's well, that's where my theory is coming from because you have to think right the time of events from now to the end it can't be more than a month max and he's got some serious injuries and, and if he, he's gonna you need have him. you need him exactly you why do you him. need him he's because one of the it's best. fucking levi ackerman who else is gonna fucking take shit down who else but besides mikasa they're not really i mean are they fighting titans anymore they just sent out an army of colossal titans to go stamp the world out like they're not like they're not really sending well, who do you think if, out there? if aaron's gonna be stopped who's gonna do it in the end oh you're saying they're gonna to stop aaron well, they're gonna. There's gonna be some sort of clash, you know. Yeah. You know, there's gonna be. So whether it's him fighting for Aaron or against in whatever scenario that leads to become, but nah, he's going that. It's uh, so it's so hard. I agree with you because sensei route. He's gonna blow his load a little bit before the end of the, <laughs> the climax, and then after like the epilogue aftermath, he'll just be in a wheelchair. I'm with you though, Alk. I don't or Kyle. <laughs> I, I don't think that he would want to become a Titan because we do know his hatred for the Titans. I'm vivid. I'm picturing that scene of him and Erwin talking and Erwin smiling at the idea of getting uh, closer to what is causing the Titans. And he's smiling and Levi's like, what the hell is that like smile for? Like those things have been taking out my men and you're sitting here smiling. And he's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't think anyone hates Titans more than Levi. Except for Aaron. Uh, (laughs) Maybe not anymore. Maybe not anymore. Yeah, no, that's 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 a true foil to the theory. I agree with you, but also, I mean, ah, like I'm just not feed Irwin. He was going to use that for Irwin, but I I just think it's a good it's a good food for thought. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also love this little uh, clash of characters here: Levi, Hanji, um, the Cart Titan, and Magath. I think that I don't know. It's those are those are three very intelligent characters for sure three of the That's smartest i would say magath peak and hanji that'd be right it's a cool trio yeah like peak and hanji to me are kind of like mirror images of them like i feel like peak is the almost like the hanji of that crew mm-hmm. in a way i could you know? see it mm-hmm. oh, they're i obviously the obvious is they're both female yeah they're both smart hotter. they're both quirky uh <sighs> <laughs> i'm gonna go hans man oh that's less hans. Glasses. that's okay i was gonna say that's nostalgia talking all right as we wrap this episode up let's get into our uh ratings starting with kyle as always um it's it's so funny thinking about doing these but I, this is like a seven and a half solid episode like we talked about last time seven and a half it's not a bad thing it's just that it's not up to the same, you know, it's not the same level of enjoyment, not the same level of like plot development, not the same level of, I guess, like information dumps that we've gotten in this season. So I think it's looking at the rest of the season, it's a seven and a half. But I do really like the, when 
you made the point in your episode description at the start of this episode of like, we're kind of in this aftermath scene. And then it's, we have these pairings of people from paradise or from um, the out, or I'm sorry, from the Marley and empire. So it's kind of, how are all of these, how are these two groups? And then plus these individuals within these groups dealing with the events. And I thought that was very interesting, but yeah. seven and a half. Howdy. I'm surprised to hear that. I'm I'm surprised. To, I'm sorry, boys and watchers. <laughs> no. I've had a very long day, but I'm surprised to hear that rating from you. I was gonna actually. I put seven and a half for the last episode. I think I'm gonna give this like uh, I want to say eight or like seven point seven five because like I I just <laughs> I liked it better than the last one, and it's yeah. it isn't in the same category of episode, so I'm not gonna give it like a nine or anything crazy like that. But I liked it better than the last episode, so I have to say it's higher than seven and a half. So I guess I'll yeah. say I'll give it a seven point seven five to an eight. I'm I'm about the same as last episode, so I'm going to give it an, a seven point five as well. I like I said at the start, the Annie backstory was really nice. Um, seeing my boy Levi back in somewhat of action is <laughs> great, um, but nothing too crazy. So with that being said. That is going to be it for our coverage of episode 82, Sunset of Attack on Titan. Stay tuned for our coverage next week of episode 83. We only have, like we said, four or five more episodes left. So really winding down uh, here with these uh, coverages. And we're going to be looking forward to doing each one for sure. And we'll definitely be covering the movie if there is one. That is it from us. We are Bingetown TV. And thanks for listening. All right. Some, uh, some uh, epilogue comics from a longtime friend of the pod. What are the watchers' opinions on the fact that Fire Force and Soul Leader take place in the same universe? Drop mm-hmm. in the comments below. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.